Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Art Fight Podcast. This is Joe Nolan coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, this is our 101st episode, our very first episode after our 100th uh, uh, anniversary, if you can call that, uh, 100th episode anniversary party. Brian, are, have you recovered yet from our party? Honestly, it's it's been something that's kind of stuck with me all week. It was it was the closest thing I've felt to sort of uh, some sort of social kind of uh, rush, you know, since right. all this kind of really started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that feeling like when you have just a really incredible event with friends or people you really appreciate or uh, not that those things are separate. And, and then, uh, you know, you just sort of find yourself reeling. You know what I mean? I, I've definitely been reeling and thinking about, uh, I love that we went like two hours and we went with some of the best minds and all of uh, mixed martial arts and journalism and writing. And uh, I don't, so it was just cool. To this moment, I, up until this moment, I don't think I realized that we actually went for two full hours. I was having yeah. such a good time. But um, and, and also, too, the most guests we've ever had. How many people do we have on? Like us and then f- one, four, four, four others? Yeah, yeah I mean, well, six people, that's huge for us. Yeah, yeah. It was two, two, two were supposed to be two were supposed to be pop ins, uh, and then they just hung out. So we were we, we yeah. were very glad for it. So it was, uh, yeah, which was good. But we, but we have two new uh, guests here, uh, and so we're at least they're squeezed into the same little uh, box on the right. screen. So we're at least using real estate a little bit better. Yeah, well, this week we're joined by Carrie Lee Ames and BB Fufu, and we're going to talk about uh, a new project you guys have. I was just saying before we started the live stream that um, one of the things that makes your new project really interesting uh, and sort of, you know, we're talking about doing this thing last week. Uh, we, you know, we were all, uh, you know, separately doing it via, you know, a digital platform, partly because, you know, all these guests live all over the country and, and in other countries, but also partly because obviously we're having a hard time being together with everybody right now and uh that goes double for like so many of the all art and culture events that have been going on since march um generally speaking i'm looking at art you know uh jumping off almost exclusively into digital platforms and how that's almost exclusively not really working that well and trying to think of how can that work better. But uh, one of the reasons you guys are here today is because you guys are actually going the other direction and we love when people go the other direction. (laughs) So so you guys, you guys actually have a project coming up. That's going to be an in real life project, but to get started, I want to talk to Carrie for a second, Carrie Lee for a second and say, um, you know, you and I actually know each other, um, because of some other projects you've done in the past, yeah. you're a veteran of the In Real Life project. Yep. The Far Out Free Fest was earlier this year. This is like the third, that was the fourth, fourth yeah, fourth. the oh first time online. First, yeah, time yeah, online. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, first time online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why, why don't you talk a little bit about the festival, uh, the psychedelic music and uh, experimental film festival, and uh, tell a little bit about you know, uh, how that evolved and, and, and what you guys did for that this year, just so we get a sense of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, since the beginning, my co-founder Brianne and I, uh, started four years ago and we wanted to, we were heavily inspired by festivals like Bonnaroo, of course, but more so desert gaze in California, mm-hmm. Austin psych fest, also known as levitation and big years is a big one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think kind of our pinnacle, just the coolest festival we've both been to. Uh-huh. And, um, but we wanted to combine not only just, I feel like even at those festivals, there's a little bit of art installation stuff, but we wanted to bring that more in, um, have light shows. And then eventually it grew into a film festival 
school in the right. second year that was led by John Warren from Vanderbilt and from mm-hmm. Wildwood Films and um, just kind of kept adding things, dancing and all sorts of stuff. Um, and over the years, we've had some really interesting people. I think we really tried to uh, push the limits of what is considered psychedelic music. A lot mm-hmm. of the festivals nowadays lean towards either electronic or more like garage psych. Mm-hmm. And so we want those, but also had, um, we had uh, Wu Fei, who is a Chinese zither virtuoso. We had yeah. um, awesome. Jin Aquarian, who was a member of the Source family cult in the 60s. So we've just mm-hmm. had like a lot of different um, fun people come be a part of the festival, which is really special. And then this year, yeah, we moved into an online format which mm-hmm. which I was hesitant about. Well, to preface that, um, in in March, we had the tornado that destroyed right. East and Basement East is where we were originally going to have the festival. Oh. And, yeah, so, so for people, people not in Nashville, the Basement East is a great, large music venue uh, and bar and a lot of events and all sorts of things happen there. And it got uh, smashed pretty. It was basically one of the worst hit areas of town, uh, you know, uh, when the when the tornado came through Nashville in March. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we were already kind of back at square one deciding what we were going to do. And then about 11 days later, everything else shut down. So. Right. Um, we, in the beginning, saw a lot of streams that immediately happened. The Luck Reunion was a big one that we were inspired by. Right. Um, but I think that we decided to change things up a little bit because I think the main thing that was hurting in those streaming festivals was the quality of sound. Okay. And, you know, it just comes with the territory. So right. we tried our best to amass all pre-recorded content for the mm. festival and stream it. So I think that kind of helped. Um we, you know, some of the performances had more of a live feel, some were a little more produced, um, but mm-hmm. all of it was pretty much just like live sets and right. kind of a different way to do it. And then we had the first day was a film festival again. Right. And, uh, we just streamed the whole thing on Twitch this year and um, had like a, yeah, had a pretty good time. I mean, it was awesome. yeah, it, it was, was fun. Awesome. It was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, BB Danielle um, <laughs> labbed on some of the art we had in the market this year on our website and stuff. Oh, so. it was a 3D zine, actually. It's the first time I've ever had my work in 3D. And I just got the glasses and the zine today, and it looks so good. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah. it was fun. Right that was our first project working together. <clears throat> right. I know I what kind of, what kind of, oh, good, Brian. I was just going to say, I just even just with the first uh, opening of you guys sort of uh, placing yourselves in Nashville and, and helping us understand uh, the festival and the impetus and all that. What I love is that if you're a Nashville person, especially, it's like it doesn't matter whether you just got here five years ago or if you've been here for 25 years. You Anybody can tell you about any project that they're doing and you're going to recognize these sort of points of sort of constellations in in their involvements or their participations or collaborations with other people. I heard you talk about John Warren, you know, Um, you know, I heard you like it's like there's so many uh, rich resources here in Nashville. It's 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 kind of a we're we're pretty spoiled, I think, in in that way. But uh, it's really cool to hear sort of uh, familiar territory that you kind of mapped out, but help help me put together with respect to what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think that Far Out did that. That's one of the things that uh, I get a lot of fulfillment and joy out of is seeing people that I introduced or put in the same room on accident go on to like work together or play shows together or whatever. So that is part of why I started the festival is, you know, um, just, I don't know, kind of 
helping to yeah connect people so um i think that nashville sometimes can be sort of segregated between the different scenes and stuff so i was Mm -hmm. just trying to like bring some of the different uh music scenes together and and art scenes and stuff so yeah we love it i think that's rad and i think you know it's one of those things that i i'm i still don't understand why there's not more of that i it still blows my mind like it really it's really a a big deal for me when like my music friends show up at like an art event or vice um, versa, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause, cause generally speaking, if I'm going to a gallery on Saturday night, it's totally different than at the bar when we were playing on Friday night. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's a completely different scene almost. And I don't understand to me, it's like, I, there should be more, I just, it seems like, I mean, the whole, our whole podcast is about mixing all this stuff together, yeah. obviously. So to me, it comes naturally that of course, as a musician, I want to see what's happening in an art gallery, mm-hmm. but not everybody feels that way. <laughs> what's cool for me too is, especially this year, I wanted to bring even more into the festival magic and occult thinking. And what was cool was when I started getting more into those scenes in Nashville, seeing the overlap between those and different visual artists and musicians in Nashville, and seeing them at at more uh, magical leaning events and things like that. That was cool. And um, you know, we had like vendors in our marketplace who would say, oh, I didn't realize how many of your festival goers come in my shop all the time, you know? So Mm -hmm. that was an interesting connection to make as well. Man, just uh, this is totally a side, just a complete detour, but I just had to tell somebody, and I'm going to tell you guys and whoever's listening, speaking of magic events, I was just recollecting today and going back through video and photos I have of uh, when Sun played the caves. Uh, Yeah. Um, I wish I could have been there. Yeah. What are the caves called, Joe, or do you guys know what are those caves? The cat, yeah. yeah. That's right. So, so for those outside of Nashville, there's a place about an hour away that's basically a cave that's been converted into this kind of really nice, actually, uh, venue, but um, uh, pretty spectacular. But I, I have... Of um, we were really lucky and had these kind of whatever passes, whatever, so we could just get right to the. They had the whole, they had the whole front just sort of blocked off. Yeah. I felt like such a, I felt like such an asshole, being like the guy that's like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm just gonna keep walking here. You guys yeah. <laughs> get it. And like I, t- I turned around, and like took a picture of it, you know the whole crowd going back, and I've got all the space, you know, we can like lay out our drinks and everything, kind of. And it, I just felt like such an asshole. But it was talking about like magical experiences. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and people need to understand that like like sun is a is a sort of i guess you know in the simplest terms maybe just a, a noise guitar i don't know how you you know but there's something uh, there's a there's a spirit about it and there's a, an ethos about it that is rooted in something elemental and kind of magic and they put you through like an electromagnetic uh brainwashing like it's a power it's a power thing the yeah. guy was the guy was actually running power at the gig joe said uh I, this old guy, roadie guy. He's like, I did Metallica at the Meadowlands. Those, they, these guys have more power. He's like, go try to pick up one of those cables. It'll burn your hand. Like they, <laughs> they, they played oh, in this yeah. cave, and I felt like I felt the whole earth uh, just sort of shudder. Uh, but anyway, so that was uh, uh, when you talk about magical events. You know, I think that you have to maybe maybe cultivate some of the audience right into like what does that really even mean, right? Because it's not necessarily like yes, it was a magical experience, but there's also something maybe an undercurrent there. You maybe you can kind of 
uh, elucidate for us a little bit. Yeah. So actually, Stephen O'Malley has a big background in magic, one of the members of Sun. Um, he runs a printing press called Ajna that um, I'm very familiar with. And I actually had the uh, honor of doing visuals for Stephen O'Malley at Big Ears at the ah, Tower Drone, um, nice. the Tower Drone last time it happened. Yeah. yeah. That was quite a magical experience for me, for sure. And uh, he did the whole thing from the power board, too. So he wasn't even on the stage, you know, because I just think his setup is so intense that you can't even get it up on the stage. It was, mm -hmm. it was quite an interesting experience for sure. So, yeah, I'm a huge Sun fan. I've always wanted to see them. Ooh, yes. That was one of the things where I just got a call and it was like that. It's happening. Can you leave in an hour? It's happening. I didn't even know it was happening. I was like, oh, my God. But yeah. I mean, the other thing real quick, too, is just that when you talk about uh, you've mentioned big ears a couple of times, I think it'd be good to give the audience a little bit of a context, small about a small amount of context around that, because it seems like a pretty large influence on you. And uh, it's, it's essentially it's a new uh, music festival that's been based out of uh, Knoxville. It's happened over the last several years, but maybe you can kind of tell people a, a little bit more about it. Yeah, I think one of the reasons uh, why we were really heavily influenced by it uh, is because it combines film scoring, a lot of avant-garde artists, a lot of modern composers and um, mm -hmm. more prepared piano kind of artists and things like that. But then also contemporary electronic hip hop artists like they do such a wide variety every year, which is really inspiring. And we got to see Coupler do a live score of Dragnet. Girl, oh, like awesome. just every year, yeah. This year, Patty Smith was supposed to headline, oh, so wow. yeah, mm. you know. So they just again always kind of push the the thoughts of of what you can put in one festival, and it doesn't all have to be the same genre, which I really love. And um, also, I just feel like the people who go to that festival are so reverent of music, and mm. so just like in it, you know, and just present and you walk on the street with 500 other people going to the next venue and everyone's real calm and just like mm -hmm. excited and mm -hmm. happy to be there and respectful. And it was just such a different vibe. And, and that's, that's really cool because Nashville sometimes can be about like showing up to look cool or, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, I like that. It's it kind of a mystical experience, you know, again, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's rad. Yeah. You know, um, you mentioned too, when you were talking about mixing up the various scenes you mentioned something about nashville's occult scene you really I, you kind of caught my ears with that one um, yeah. how how much of an occult scene do we have here what's the story did you know that there used to be a thelemic uh, temple like uh, at the end of belmont boulevard that's one of the yes. secret things yeah. i know about <laughs> but, yeah so um I there's a rich history of occult occultism in Nashville. A lot of Freemasonry. Um, the Bicentennial yeah. Mall is actually a really amazing um, replica of an ancient temple. Of, yeah. course, of course, the Parthenon is a temple to Athena, and mm -hmm. then there's also the Egyptian uh, church downtown that is oh, yeah, uh, sure. really epic. I've always dreamt of doing an event there someday. It's going to downtown happen. Presbyterian Church. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's so it used to be shows there all the time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so I want to do an event there someday, but um, I got more dug into it when I started working at Draconis Arcanum, which is a local. You were working there? Yeah, I worked there for over a year now, oh, but yeah. I, I was with friends of people there yeah. first. And so the owner, Rebecca Peterson, until recently was the body master of the OTO order in Nashville, the oh, okay. order in Nashville. So um, it's really interesting because she's worked with 
she's a Reiki master. She's worked in chaos magic. She's worked in a lot of different realms. So it's cool to get to learn and be mentored kind of by someone who um, has worked in so many different varieties of magic. Um, so it's been cool to uh, learn a lot from her and learn, meet a lot more occultists just coming in the shop and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, before things hit the fan, there was a lot more active, uh, you know, kind of thing. Sure. Around, but it's, it's slowed down a bit. Um, everyone's turning into solitary practitioners around here, no but doubt. yeah, but, um, yeah, there's a deep seated, uh, I think especially in the, the art communities, a lot of them are kind of secret For occultists, sure. kind of like you. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. I'm so interested. I love, you know, tarot and therapy and I, um, when I met Carrie, I was like, oh my gosh, you know everything that I want to know. Let me dig your... Yeah. <laughs> you know everything. So yeah. I learn from her all the time. She's being yeah. very, very nice right no, now. No, <laughs> for real though. It's good to have people that you're close to that you're in awe of mutually, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely a respect and uh, she's Libra, I'm Leo. So that's a good creative combo too. So, yeah. uh, Joe, what is your sign? I'm a Gemini. Okay. What about you, Brian? Cancer. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys know this this artist B B Nettles? I don't think so. Uh, Check her out. Look up B Nettles. Uh, look up B Nettles Tarot. I can't remember the exact name uh, of her tarot. Yeah, cool. But uh, she th- there was a show at Vanderbilt last year where I I had never heard of this tarot deck before. I should know this something harvest i should know it because of what i'm about to tell you Mm. but i i went to the show at vanderbilt and the show was sort of all about like symbolism and stuff it ended with yeah okay cool they had her they had her tarot cards there so she she created these tarot cards in the early 70s in north carolina and she basically just used stuff that she could find to Mm. like create the characters of the tarot and it's considered to be the first photography based tarot deck ever created interesting i love that yeah i've actually got a grant proposal out there i'm hoping to get this grant and then the whole idea is i'm gonna uh do it like a big like the whole big profile on her and the tarot deck and how because the tarot deck is like it's rad just the way she did it just aesthetically yeah but but because of how she did it like just using her friends and family and using just whatever was at hand it actually ends up being this amazing time capsule of like the counterculture in the south in the early 70s so it's it's pretty fucking fascinating but it's interesting because i I think you know of course the south is you know people talk about the bible belt and it's like well what happens if you have a place that's just full of religion just thinking, you know, what else, what, what's going to come out of that? You know, it's, it's for, for all these churchgoer people. And, you know, that's one path, by the way, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, there's going to be that influence, you know, you look at a place like New Orleans or something like that. It's like, man, you get all the other stuff goes with it. You know what I mean? Cause it's all magical thinking in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, BB. Oh, I mean, no, I was just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, th- Speaking of the symbols and the tarot deck and everything, um, you know, that's why I love the tarot is because it's therapy. It's like mm. um, another perspective of something that you may be going through. And that's kind of going into our installation and what we're doing. We use Good segue. Our- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, and that's what we're doing is it's like 
you're going to see a lot of those symbols because, you know, that's what we're about. And mm-hmm. yeah, we added so, a few of our own symbols. In yeah, there. We, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but we're making a really simple deck um, that'll be part of the installation that people can use for their oh, own. That's, oh, that's so cool. So yeah. let's, well, let's, let's go ahead and let's start talking about it. So what's the project called? And then let's maybe we can talk about where you're having it and how you're going to do it and how it's going to work given the, the current environment and all that stuff. But just go ahead and start from the beginning and tell me whatever you want. <laughs> actually, actually, can I can I interrupt for a second? Uh, I think I I should speak on that. No, um, yeah, do it. My, I, no, I I really just want to say that we never do this, Joe. But I just wanted to ask. Maybe you guys can do it because um, we're always asking people like tell us about you know the thing that you're doing right now or the book you just wrote or whatever. What I would love for you to start out with is maybe describe what your sort of desired kind of outcome or like. Because you had to start, you're going to create something, you have some sort of purpose, right? Or you want to make people feel or experience a certain way or break open some consciousness in this particular area or what, I don't know, whatever. What is your sort of like ideal sort of desired outcome uh, first? Like what was your goal, right? And then how to, and then tell us all about it because I really want to feel like I'm marrying up like the idea of what your intention was with the manifestation, Mm-hmm. So, or, I would say yeah. that my original thought about it was um, creating a temple space. Um, I originally was slated to go attend an art residency in Finland in September, and that's obviously not happening. But mm-hmm. um, that was kind of originally my thought there was I was going to create some sort of temple space. Um, and with the quarantine, I felt like that made it doubly as important because all the temples around town are closed. Um, there aren't really any groups meeting right now doing ritual work or even meditation centers are closed. Like there's so many different kind of places that I like to visit and that um, aren't open right now. So I, I remember thinking like, it'd be so cool if there was, a, if the Sri Ganesha temple was open to only two people at a time or something. Um, yeah. The Fall Creek Falls State Park, they started doing doing ticketing entry for the park and they've limited it to I think 150 tickets a day instead of the usual 5,000 people that go there on any given day and I think that's really amazing because you're giving these people an opportunity to really experience it alone you know and, mm-hmm. and not be you know just distracted yeah. or, or a rarefied experience yeah or something yeah. something solitary and more impacting yeah so that was less, kind of less social yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and for me, I just think, um, you know, coming from a just drawing and visual artist standpoint, you know, a lot of people look at art and kind of think like, oh my gosh, what does that mean? Like what? And it's so kind of cryptic and like trying to figure out where the artist is coming from. But then if you start layering things in a room, like, okay, if I add music, like a movie score, that's like obviously scary or obviously happy or whatever emotion that may be um it kind of builds more understanding of exactly what we're trying to do so yeah yeah yeah, you know so that led you to this so you had that this project in mind i'm sorry i didn't mean to like totally derail this unveiling of what we have to get to it right but i just wanted to sort of lay that out uh, a little bit ahead of time because i I like sort of hearing the 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 impetus or the the genesis of something before sort of even really fully understanding what it is so now carry on sorry joe (laughs) that's fine I've done this before. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so like when, once you guys sort of had an idea of what you wanted to do, 
Um, how did you get to a place where you just began to think, let's try to do it, even though it seems kind of impossible to do something like that right now? I mean, that would have been one of my first thoughts. Yeah. Would have been, I can't do that. <laughs> but yeah. clearly you guys were like, we can do this. <laughs> yes. Well, I think part of it was just a congruence of opportunity. Um, we, I happened to be talking to Graham, the guy who was one of the owners of the barbershop theater and Graham Moat. Graham Mo and the he, barbershop theater in North Nashville. Yeah. On Indiana <laughs> and um, he was thinking, he was trying to look into maybe people using it as a rehearsal space or just alternative ways to use the space and maybe make right. some money since they're obviously not hosting events. And I've done events in that room. Um, the first time I met Graham was because I was, I did the liquid light show for a Pink Floyd cover band there. Oh, and, um, yeah. And of course I went there when it was dark matter as well. The uh, DIY venue. Right. And um, so I immediately just pictured a big black room, you know, and I was like, oh, man, that's just so fun. This void to sort yeah. of make our own. Yes. So that was just really enticing, I think. And mm -hmm. um, he, you know, and I just kind of was like, oh, man, I wish I could get in there and do an installation. But, you know, I don't I don't know. At first, it was just sort of a wish. And he was like, if you want the space, you can have it. So wow. that meant a lot that he would give us that sort of vote of confidence yes. off, off so no awesome. concept whatsoever. You know, it was before any ideas had come to the table. It was just like, if you want the space, you can have it. So that's great. That well, yeah. some people know Graham is uh, Graham is, you know, running this space called the the uh, the barbershop theater in North Nashville. It's a, a former barbershop. That's, you know, hence the name. But like Carrie was uh, Carrie Lee was just saying, it's like a it's like a small black box space where they do all sorts of different kinds of events. A lot of theater events. His wife is involved in the Nashville theater. I know she's involved with the barbershop theater as well, but they've done lots of performances. I've seen experimental dance and things like that there. Um, but, but what you guys are going to do is more create this sort of like uh, ritual space really. Yeah. And I will say that I was influenced by that experimental dance that I think you're referencing. That was um, his son Kai's installation. Did you go to that? Yeah. Um, uh -huh. yeah. That's uh, exactly right. Yeah. Was it um, a giant sits? I think is what it was called. I think that and is right. It was so inspirational and just beautiful and the way they executed it. And yeah, it was definitely a moment where it made me think about how you could use the space in different ways. So that that got my gears turning for sure when I saw that show. That was amazing. One of the things that was fun about that show was that uh, there was there was a lot to it, but there was in particular, there were two dancers who did um, a routine that was very uh, athletic and very almost kind of violent at times, like kind of like they were like connected, but didn't necessarily want to be. It was very flowing yeah. all over the place kind of thing. And it really uh, it was kind of it was it was interesting because it was one of those things that kind of reminded me of why like why why do you go to live theater? It's like because there's things you can do in a live room with real people that are risky and dangerous and they're and very interesting because of that. You know what I mean? And and of course, they're they know what they're doing and they were rehearsed and nobody got hurt or anything. But it was uh, it was it was tense because it was a, a lot of activity in a small space. And to cap on that, I am heavily influenced personally by Alejandro Jodorowsky, and he used to do these things called the happenings as part of the panic panic movement in yeah. the 
agencies. And it was like that. It was not only were the events free, which is something I'm really passionate about, is trying to make things as affordable as humanly possible. Um, and hence why we did the free fest this year. But also he really brought more value to these events than you were getting in a traditional theater situation. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things I really loved is you you ended up experiencing much more than you bargained for. And so I think <laughs> for our yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, Poetic terrorism. <laughs> yes. <Wait>. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Poetic terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that was a big uh, uh, influence, I think, on my thinking for this one as well. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so you know, walk us through the space, right? Is that kind of, I, I want to sort of envision what's, what's, what is and what isn't. Yeah. So I think the experience is uh, supposed to be interpreted and experienced by each person differently. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's going to use the room in their own way. Um, some may be a little more active. Some may be more passive contemplation when they go into the space. Um, but that's part of what we wanted to encourage. Um yeah. Yeah. Um, I just miss my friends and I want them to have a place to come and just see um, where we've been artistically, but also kind of like maybe reflect on where they are. And I think both of our styles, like a little bit more, uh, you know, dark and magical kind of. And I think there's a lot of like truth in that too. And being like, okay. I don't know what's going on now. How do you feel about it? Like, who are you going to be now? You know, um, what do you have to do? It's just so much. There is, there is something inherently confrontational uh, about those types of experiences and spaces that I really appreciate. Um, you know, like there's the, uh, I did this thing at the Rothko chapel years ago that I've talked about, but, uh, but it's, um, it's one of those things where you're, you're asking people to be confronted with, to the level of like mortality or something, right? It could be what, it might just be like, oh, this is pretty to some person. It might be like, this is horrifying or this is too stark of a mirror to be looking back into with these sort of, uh, you know, blank, uh, seemingly blank canvases that are richly painted. You know, it's like this weird, but like, but everything about that space in for instance is very deliberate, right? It was built that way. It didn't have a central forward facing apps because they wanted it to be sort of universal and the, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers and the materials and all that, like, I mean, everything is very, very particularly done mm-hmm. to specification for a particular out, out, uh, outcome or, uh, to generate a particular response. And I've definitely been in that space where I've, you know, uh, been there by myself, been there with other people, and then also, um, you know, performed in it. And when I did that, by the way, I put myself in the center of the space and then set all the seating facing away from me concentrically. Uh, you know, it took, it took the entire burden of performance and ego out of it. Right. So like, it's amazing how like just one room thoughtfully presented and, and creating a construct for people to then pass through to experience it in whatever way that you set up or, or whatever, just even in the most stark manner, just by setting up the construct of the entrance and the egress. And, and maybe there's a time frame, maybe there's not whatever, maybe there's something for you to do. Maybe you're here to leave a mark. Maybe you're here to shut the fuck up. I don't know. It's going to be one of these things. So I, I just really appreciate the idea of, um, creating a space irrespective of, you know, it's not like create a space and decorate it, right? It's create a space to sort of, uh, engineer, uh, or enable, uh, some sort of a transcendence. 
Sure. I think that goes with the festival too. You know, I kind of do the same thing there. I'm, I'm behind the scenes, putting it all together. But then the most amazing thing is when everyone's just in the room moving about and doing the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think a big thing that I've come in uh, contact with in the magical realms is spiritual bypassing, a lot of uh, positive thinking, things like that, which is important, but also um, I think a true tenet of occultism uh, and in just therapy in general is shadow work and digging into those scary uh, nooks and crannies inside of you that you maybe don't want to face and having tea with you. Joe? Joe, you hear this? Yeah. yeah, I'm digging. I'm digging it. Well, and, <laughs> and also we really talk a lot about feng shui and like uh, we were going to do an I Ching uh, like thing after this and um, everything is movement. And it's like when she was saying how there's something for everyone that's going to be in the room is it's like we were talking about, uh, you know, fire, air, earth and water and having different sectors. So it's like maybe you're feeling fiery. Maybe you're feeling pissed that this is going on. Maybe you're feeling like you know, I'm going to use my mind and like the air and my thinking to, um, you know, pull out that. And so just like it's, there's a place for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, you, you guys mentioned, uh, you, we were, you just, did you just say air? Do you say, did you just say the phrase air in my thinking? Uh, um, that is, yes, that's <laughs> okay. So I've been studying the tarot and air yeah. is mind. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And it's thoughts and mind. And, um, you know, how many times are you out and you're like, you can't even get outside of your own self, much less talk to someone else. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just so like in my mind. Right. Kind of. Um, so maybe someone's stuck in that place and might um, navigate towards those types of images um, mm-hmm. for self reflection, I guess is what right. I think. It's interesting to me because like, you know, uh, you know, whatever, in any, all this stuff that I've learned about the tarot over the years, and you learn about how the different elements, you know, go, are representative of, you know, the very, the mind, the body, all this different stuff. And, um, you know, as a Gemini, um, I am ruled by uh, Mercury and the name wow. of this project is the Perfect. Mercury Chamber, which, uh, which is the whole reason really we're even here today is because I <laughs> saw that on my email and I was like, Mercury Chamber, what is this? <laughs> you got to cover my podcast talking, talking about talking about my sign <laughs> where did the where did the title come from um so i actually it started so i've been really interested in planetary magic for a couple years now um using the different energies of the planets in different ways and um this for me personally is kind of my offering to mercury um Mm. for jupiter i did a really detailed embroidery for saturn i crafted this really intense ritual that i did with her um and so this is just like yeah my my moving into the next planet and kind of getting to know it and uh mercury is about inspiration and communication and so I think that goes with the whole trying to communicate with the community and you know sort of connect with people in a time when that's a little more difficult than it used to be but also being able to invoke that mercury energy to maybe have some people walk out with inspiration of their own too well and um it's the only month that Mercury is not going to be in retrograde. So oh, yeah. everyone's like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. It's going to be so tough. And it's the only month that it's not going to do that. And so we made this uh, story that we stole Mercury and put it in our 
chamber. Yeah. Oh, we are. I love it. Like, yeah. Maybe not enslaved. Yeah, no, maybe that's a weird word. Invited. I know. Invited. <laughs> well, I definitely feel like the whole like, you know, air sign thing and the Mercury thing. Uh, he's got little wings on his feet and all that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like, you know, it, and as a Gemini, who actually my parents were both Gemini's who shared a birthday. So it's, it's too many, too many, too many things swirling around. Right. So, uh, so, but I feel like it's, it's not so much like, I really don't ever feel like I'm like, um, what's the word? Like, like I'm distracted. Like I, I, I can't, I can't focus because I'm distracted. Like I just feel like sometimes I have trouble focusing because I'm seriously, genuinely curious about, five things right now. You know what I mean? I'm really actually interested in all these things and I'm aware of what they are and how interested I am in them. It's not like looking at the bright light and you know what I mean? It's nothing. It's not even close to that. It's, it's way worse, frankly. (laughs) And and I feel like, but here's the thing is I, I ultimately feel like I like the way I like where you're going because I think that like in, in a positive way, if we're going to talk about the positive aspects of Gemini and all that kind of stuff, I think that, 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 uh, you know, the, the idea of curiosity is, is like a very positive thing mm-hmm. about what can, what can possibly come of that kind of frantic state of mind. You know, yeah. I think you're going to be, I think that, you know, you're, you're providing a space where people can discover things and, and, and create a story from them for themselves, you know, and for maybe for the other person they're with. <clears throat> yeah. Is the experience that you're, uh, or the people that are going to be attending or uh, experiencing this, uh, it's only in pairs, right? Only two people right. maximum. Is that right? right? And it's for no more than an hour. Is that right? Yeah, there may be a little wiggle room there. Um, we'll have to build in uh, some time for sanitizing the high touch surfaces and reset yeah. the room and things like that. It's kind of like the uh, the Marina Abramovich thing where it was like, you could sit in front of her for five minutes if you wanted, or you could like, there would be people lined up every day. And then like the first person would be some maniac who has no regard for anybody else or anything. Right. And then they would go sit there and stay there the whole day with her from opening to close, mm-hmm. you know, you're, and people are like, you know, a hundred people waiting just for like a moment with, you know, this experience. And then, so anyway, we'll try not to, we'll, if, if people are lined up outside by the hundreds, then we maybe have to like tighten this up. All right. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, well, it's all appointment only, so hopefully there won't be any lines. <laughs> well, you should hire people to make it feel like it's a like an Apple event or something. It's like they're they're just plants. But uh, no, but I, I guess my I did have a question though about sort of is there anything that's like um uh, an echo back that you're requesting or hoping to inspire in the people that uh, attend this? Or are they going to leave a journal thing? Or are they going to give back in some way or reflect back in some way tied to you? Uh, you know, There's hidden cameras and microphones all over the temple. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're being studied. <laughs> you are the experiment, sir. Well, I will say that first off, part of our deal with Barbershop Theater is that they wanted us to create some sort of video content. So that's something that we're going to be taking out of that space is creating 
um, some different content and things that they can share. But as far as the attendees, there will be an altar space because every cosmic wizard's temple needs its altar space. Yes, for sure. Um, and so they can, they'll be invited to take or, or leave a piece of offering from that space as well. Um, in addition to whatever self reflection or revelations may emerge. Yes. I, I love the idea of um, take something, leave something like she was saying. I just want to say that because I actually, um, I used to live in Austin, Texas, and I went to an exhibit there where you, and I was not expecting this. I just kind of stumbled onto it and it was like, um, take something, leave something. And since I didn't have anything that I brought, I, I wrote a, uh, like a secret or, um, something that I was going through and left it just so I could have this art nouveau art book that I really wanted there. <laughs> and, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I felt so good to just leave that for a random person to maybe find as their treasure and be like, Oh my God, I'm going through the same thing. Or mm. I don't know. So I just think yeah. that was, no, no, that could be a cool thing to do. Or they're like, where's that book? I came back for the book. Sorry, I took your book is what this note should have said. <laughs> no, that's, that is, that is cool. I mean, it's nice to have open-ended. I'm sure there'll be things that happen from that too. You know, there'll be things that you don't anticipate that will just evolve or people sometimes inevitably in a space. That's the other thing about it is everybody has their own strange way of um, emanating or taking sort of domain whether temporarily or not, you know, people make themselves a part of a space, yeah. you know, it's kind of like when, you know, like with the, the mother-in-law comes and all of a sudden they're like doing the dishes at your sink and do like running the kitchen. Like they, you know, it's that kind of vibe, right? Like some people, just, some people really move into a space. Right. And then other people are very sheepish and maybe sort of, uh, you know, meek about it and very respectful and quiet, you know, so there, I'm sure there'll be all, all manner of uh, responses and uh, interactions. It's, it's just such a cool idea. They, I, or, yeah, I was go also going to say, um, I'm, I'm really inspired by kids. I've worked with kids a lot. I worked in a Montessori. I worked in a preschool. I volunteered at the downtown library in the children's vision for a long time. And um, I think that there's a level of creativity and exploration that is in young adults and kids that you really just don't experience as you get we older. talked about that. Yeah. So I think it's cool that I wish we could open the installation to younger crowds, but we are trying to encourage ages 13 to 17 to get in there. And we're offering like a discounted or sliding scale admission for younger folks because I think that I want to see how they explore the space, you know. Well, and also bringing adults back into their more playful, childlike selves and just having fun. Like, like you guys were saying, things don't have to be a certain way. And just like, you know, who cares? I got a actually you were showing me your piece of equipment, I think, before this came on. But I got a sample pad and I have been once I got that and I saw the archives of sound that were possible. You guys have no idea. I got spaceships landing. <laughs> I've got aliens walking on the moon. I mean, I'm like writing a whole script story <laughs> sample pad of places you can go. Are you talking about like a like a sort of a sound effects uh, sort of like a trigger thing or yeah, I know like the electronic guys like yeah. and, and do the like the sampling and like the yeah. beats and stuff yeah well you know so I work in a jazz room that is closed right now Rudy's jazz room yeah oh, great. I, I've been introduced to so many instruments I mean I mean like the oriental harp the glockenspiel and like <laughs> amazing <laughs> things and I'm like 
So going to a, a, a show now where it's just like the main guys up front, the bass players over there. And like, there's a time like there's sounds that are blasting off into space right now. So mm-hmm. I would like want to find those weird avant-garde sounds and make them make sense somehow. <laughs> I, I love what I'm seeing right here because it's sort of like this, you can see like your, your, that sort of childlike wonder, right. That you're yeah, sort of like, <laughs> obviously the idea of sampling and manipulation and control of implementation of sound is something that super excites you. So you should uh, triple down on that. It's uh, yeah. I, I, I've been wasting my time with it since uh, uh, a time called the early nineties. And uh, yeah, I'm still uh, obsessed. So, uh, so Danielle's also the front person for a band called Primary Sound. Uh, she mm. bounces around, pogo's around like a little punk rock cowboy. And wear a wizard's cap. That's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to get as weird as possible. Like, this is about the art. Like, I don't care about it. Well, and so the, the cool thing about Nashville, too, is like you got, you know, before everything went down, you know, you got the Bettys and what's going on, uh, been going on over there for a long time, you know, with the avant-garde scene and festivals yeah. and all that. Joe, you ever get over to Bettys uh, before the, the, all this happened? You know, what, yeah, like, sure. It seems like a million years ago, but yeah. It's one of those things where it's so strange how there's sort of two waves of experience in Nashville for at least from my experience, which is like everything from when I moved here in the 90s until everything had to do stop smoking or whatever, you right. know, like, like 2009, 10, something like that, maybe, you know, with a few exceptions, but generally like, so then you had like, and then went back to New York and then I came back and I was like, Oh, everything's the same sort of, except for those condos now. And then all the venues that I used to really like going to are just kind of cleaned up a little bit. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now they're just gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Isn't the spring water about to go also? Oh, I don't know. know. That it's the first time I've heard of it, but it, now I mean, with I don't know what to expect. What did, did you hear something, Brian? I read something. It was like some, some uh, yeah. there was some sort of a developer that I mean, because that's prime. That's I mean, it's killer land, uh, you know, for developers or whatever. Well, I but, know uh, that the, the barbecue joint's gone, right? Oh yeah, that's been oh, gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess the thing is, is it's like it's a weird thing that you have to, I know a lot of uh, cities are experiencing this in terms of like whatever change, but uh, it sucks to have such sacred sort of experiential memories. And like, I mean, worlds happened at the spring water, you know, real real deep things happened there. For people who don't live in Nashville, the spring water, Betty's, uh, even, even like the VFW over in Inglewood, like all these places have like, you know, music shows like you might expect singer songwriters or bands playing and stuff, but they also do their fair share of like really crazy avant-garde weird music. You know, like I saw Marshall Allen play at the, at the VFW or it was, is it veterans? What's the name of that place over in Inglewood? Is it VF? Is it a VFW hall? Am I, I right it. about that? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it's basically a, it's a space for veterans to hang out and they have a lot of country music and they do like a honky tonk thing there every Thursday or something. But I saw a fucking Marshall Allen play a fucking soundtrack to an experimental film there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's weird the way there's this weird like blend between like dive bar culture and like avant-garde music culture in Nashville. Like I've, you always would see good noise acts at spring water. You oh know? yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Which um, is the dump. And Betty's, <laughs> Betty's is yes. the true experimental hub now. I feel like still, mm-hmm. but even then it's like you go in and you see five people watching some guy play tape loops and <laughs> play plate as a drum. And then you see like eight, eight 
old rednecks just, just drinking Miller yeah. High Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. On phase, I just kind of like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it is a beautiful disconnect that connects there, right? It's a it is a funny blending of worlds, man. Well, I, I, I just hope it I hope it sustains, but hopefully, like what you guys are doing with the space, sort of continues to sort of using uh, space to create cool things to happen because this town needs more things that are whatever, not, um, uh, not standing in front of murals or not yeah. you know, getting yeah. wasted, you know, downtown or whatever. I don't know, man. There's just, I feel like there's, there's, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, can I just say this, Joe, I, I might need some therapy, man, but I'm pretty down on Nashville right now. And I'm trying to like get it back together, man. Think yeah. about the idea that like when, when we're able to do all these things in person again, there's a real opportunity to do them better and do them differently. Perfect. You know what I mean? Um, I'd like to think that'll be possible. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there who just want everything to be the way it used to be, but, <laughs> but I also feel like it's an opportunity, not only for, for, you know, artists and acts and, you know, all the, all the people who are doing the creativity, but I think it's an opportunity for the audiences to, to really come to a much deeper understanding of how lucky they are to mm -hmm. get the kind of stuff we get here in Nashville in terms of the stuff that's on hundreds of stages across the city every night and maybe get a little enthusiastic about it, everybody. Maybe have a little enthusiasm. I hear what you're saying, Joe, and I, I appreciate it. But I mean, well, the thing is, too, is that I, I definitely I was talking to a friend yesterday about you know, a lot of people are kind of spinning out right now. Or like, I think there's certain people that just have fallen into lockstep with this. Like, okay, this is happening. I'm switching gears. I'm comfortable in uncertainty. I thrive on it actually, or whatever. And they're kind of rolling. Other people are just like, you know, remaining in sort of existential dread or questioning states. Right. And I was talking to a friend of mine that's maybe more towards the latter, which to me, it seems weird because I've got like, you're talking about your curiosity as a Gemini, Joe, you know, it's like, I, I don't, maybe a cancer has it too. Cause I, I can't believe how, problematic my my passion is every day i get up and i want to learn and do so many things and then the day flies by and this has been going on for a long time so i think it's just going to be that way but but i think that like in terms of nashville and and the spirit of the city and everything i mean it's been a little we've made some headlines for goofy reasons lady but or lately but uh but you know it's all good and I, I do believe in the future and i do believe in like what's happening now uh but what i was telling my friend is i said you know uh, there's there's going to be a huge wave that comes out of all this. And uh, Joe, I know we've touched on this a little bit, but I'm really getting more of a, a, a feeling of a sense of kind of a, a perception of kind of relief about what's coming now. Like it's, I'm starting to see it and I think it's going to be insane. Like the, I think we're going to have like a decade of just wild energy bounding and it's not going to be about, Amen. having it's not going to be about like how good is your fucking marketing or whatever it's just oh. going to be about doing and attractance and magnetism and things just sort of working the way that shit works you know like you know people weren't playing blues music on their porches to see if they could get a record deal you know what i mean like, <laughs> like, it's, like it's just cult culture will become uh i think not uh, a facsimile, you know, uh, as much, right. Of what we idealize as culture. It's just going to be sort of this, everybody's been kind of ground down a little bit. So that I think that there's a, uh, I think there's a huge time coming. It's going to take a year or two to sort of really get it into gear, but Joe, I, I appreciate your optimism and I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, man. That's that Gemini energy coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one thing on that, what you were saying is, um, 
just to say if it happens then I said this would happen <laughs> uh, I have this vision that it's gonna be like a new like disco era mm. where it's like everyone's just so obsessed with sweating and touching each other I mean like yes oh my god, oh my god. And it's gonna like relive that whole thing mm. because I was in quarantine mm. and you know I would just like you know, be out at the bar and smoke cigarettes. And I was like, no, I've got to get out of here. I got to run. And I've been running and like, I don't know the energy. I've been really mm-hmm. loving that, like high energy. I don't know, type of mm. music to like pull me out of this. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. weird. Everybody's going to come out of this just like, uh, well, I guess we're swingers now. Or (laughs) (laughs) it's like we have this unbridled desire to be around other people that we've lost actual governance around that even. Right. Like like we're just going to it's like there's going to be a lot of five second hugs. Right. Like it's just going to be a whole thing, man. Uh, It it is. It is. um, It's cool. I think there is we're in a a buildup, you know, or a period of sort of. we have to sustain ourselves, but I think we're preparing for something as much as we're uh, sustaining ourselves. I think that I'm excited. That's speaking awesome. of speaking of preparing for things, as y'all are getting ready to launch this project, you also have a GoFundMe. Am I correct? Indiegogo, oh, but yeah, Indiegogo. Yeah, that's now that sounds like the the post COVID disco we're all going to be going to. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what do you exactly? You know, tell us a little bit about what you're actually trying to raise the, the money campaign. Yeah. Get an idea of, of why they should be donating to this so they can go enjoy it. Yeah. So obviously we're putting insane hours into this and would like to get some of that recouped in some way, especially since we are living in a time when uh, not as much work is available to both of us. Yeah. But also um, part of it is going to go to the barbershop theater. This was our way. Like I said, they were gracious enough just to offer us the space. But I came back and was like, how about if we use this as an opportunity to help maybe make you guys some money as well? That's great. Yeah. Just to offset the you know the whole situation and then also for supplies of course um mm-hmm. but and yeah. to remind and to remind you know uh everybody who's going to hear this you know again this is a thing that will be a free event make an appointment come and do it right so that's another reason why this is a cool thing to support because at the end of the day this is what will underwrite it and make it actually possible is that right yeah sure. well tickets will be cheap it's not oh, cheap really- yeah yeah that's yeah. what i meant affordable yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. affordable. Um, and people who have already shown up to donate to the uh, to the Indiegogo are getting tokens of our gratitude. Um, we have a couple different little things that we're going to be giving out, as well as you get a ticket of admission to the festival. Um, we're also going to be raffling off a couple of the feature pieces that are being made that are going to be in the installation cool. afterwards. So, yeah, you'll be walking out with a token or more than one yeah. Yeah. Now, are you going to create an entire tarot deck? And if you are, are you going to raffle that tarot deck? Ooh. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's we a lot. To it's more of, I guess, like you would say, an oracle deck. I think is what they would use. Oh, okay. Um, we didn't decide to just straight up create our own versions of every single tarot card. Um, you know, we, yeah, we wanted to put our own symbols in and things. Uh, so. It's still a, a divinatory uh, system. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been making, um, my boyfriend makes, uh, he does a lot of uh, wood cutouts. And so I've been making oh, right like uh, wizards wands and like painting uh, wizards themselves. Like, you know, <laughs> so stuff like that. I mean, I, I cannot take all that home. 
Like we have, (laughs) you know, so um, our backyards are going to look like uh, the front yard of Wayne Coyne's house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this will be a way for little person people to get some uh, mementos from the experience. A lot of people, of course, that are donating are our friends and stuff. So, yeah, that's right, though. It'll be cool. They'll get a, a little piece to take home of the temple after. Well, I feel like we're all, you know, uh, hopefully all of us, but, you know, in, in in our own ways, trying to do what we can to support, you know, the local businesses that we want to see on the other side of all this stuff. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, you know, some of these restaurants, things they can go, you know, pick up and, you know, take out and all that kind of stuff. But, but something like a, a theater, you know, it's like, yeah. Man, it's it's you don't really think about these things until you're in the situation. But then you realize that it's like you just can't do anything with a theater because it's it, the whole point is to have a bunch of people inside of it. <laughs> so, That's what's wrong with Rudy's Jazz Room. I mean, it's a right. live venue, so it's like I. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, within Rudy's Jazz Room, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it, it, which is like the place to see jazz in Nashville, by the way. Uh, but but y'all have like you know a bar and then have sort of a limited menu. Is that right? Or uh, it's the New Orleans style. Yeah, yeah kind of crawfish, po' boys, all that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you guys are you guys even doing like to go food or anything oh, like that? Oh, since March. Right. They even close so- and they just I mean, and it's so sad because you see downtown Broadway and everyone somehow is able to just cram into these giant bars, but they're not allowed to open because uh, I actually don't know why. Yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. I wonder why that is. So I'm not really sure. If, I don't know. So I, I guess mean, it yeah. just makes sense for how many people can be in the room and like the live music side of it. So, right. And how do people tune into your, your show on XNA? Yeah. So um, I have a radio show Tuesdays, 10 to midnight on WXNA Nashville's all volunteer radio station. My show is called Dizzy Spell. I am known as DJ Carl Castle on WXNA. (laughs) (laughs) I actually didn't know that. Really? (laughs) And um, you can also listen to it on the archive at WXNAFM.org. But yeah, I was inspired heavily by Coast to Coast, if you're familiar, which is uh, originally a show started by a guy named Art Bell. Now the the host is... (sighs) Grant Nori or uh, George Nori. Um, what an era. What an era. Yeah, but I grew up with listening to that at 3 a.m. on AM radio and hearing about shadow people. And Oh, my God. I used to get so freaked out listening to that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same, same. Yeah, it definitely piqued my creepy interest at an early age. And um, so, yeah, every episode of my show has like a little different theme. Um, I actually just finally did one about Alejandro Yodorowsky two weeks ago. Um, and then before that, I did a whole month that was about psych. Nuts. So we talked about John Lilly and um, where, 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 I've been sleeping on this show. <laughs> it's a late night show, so a lot of people don't catch it. But yeah, it's all in the archive. I've got right. two years of episodes and um, we've talked about all sorts of weird you stuff. You know, who's we? Um, me. Yeah, me mostly. <laughs> Yeah. You, no, but you're not a Gemini, see, because I can legit say like we did this. <laughs> I, know. I use a more general we. I do that on layer two. I'll be like, we've been discussing. But yeah. <laughs> now, do you do, do? Are you so? Are you just like walking your listeners through like a story about like John Lilly and then playing music, or what are you doing? Yeah, so I do about 70 percent uh, music, and then during the talk breaks, I'll read news articles or uh, Wikipedia. Right, so or, what, a, what a cool format! Yeah just kind of keep it easy digestible bites um little bits of the story and stuff like that but you know brian brian's 
big into uh, into uh, putting himself in tanks. Really awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Are you talking about the float tanks? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. John, it's like John Lilly was way into like sensory depth and all that. Stuff. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, I, I just put that together. That right. So, a really primitive uh, exploration, wild ex- exploration of that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. You know, I've done some wild shit, but I, I didn't start there. Um, that's for sure. But the thing about it is, like, you know, the it's. I had a weird upbringing, anyways. We'll get into this on another episode when people really might care about it but um like part of what was going on in my house was like i grew up catholic but then um my mother got into and and stepfather got into i would you know i guess you could say earth religions or whatever uh eventually we um became part of this lakota sioux uh, family, extended family out in South Dakota and in North Carolina. And by the time I was in ninth or 10th grade, we had a sweat lodge in my backyard and (laughs) we're going out every summer to camp with the Lakota Sioux for like a month or two at a time. So like I've done all these, um, things, uh, these rituals, uh, sweat lodges, uh, all that is sort of part of, so, so I guess for me, like going into a, a float tank is, is, is like the most vacation as fuck version of a sweat lodge in South Dakota <laughs> as, as possible. Right. Because it's just so cush. Right. It's so, and there's a shower right here. And you know, like, you're not, you're not like listening to a medicine man talk about like, uh, you know, like, cause you're just listening out for like how many stones he's calling for. Cause he's, a, he's essentially into intuiting like what is going on and what the sort of, uh, he's trying to guide the whole ship. Right. And certain things require more, power i guess or sacrifice or however you want to put it and so like when you hear him calling for rocks and you hear how many he's how many stones he's calling for in between like the first round and the second round and you're like oh shit and then you know third round is like the warrior round and you're getting like you know when you're putting your face in the ground to try to breathe because it's just I can't, I can't really, like, it's that hot. Like where you come out, you come outside, it's 90 degrees outside in the summertime and you've got like, like steam coming off of you, like just insanity. So, uh, the float tanks I do like, but, uh, uh, it's, it's a different, it, it, it's a baby version of like, kind of like well, this weird upbringing that I had. So it's the nicer parts, right? I get some lotion after and, you know, <laughs> and then I, I, I leave. Yeah. So anyway, but we'll, we'll talk more about my weird upbringing one day, uh, Joe, when you really care to hear about who I am. I love it. Yes. You should come Wait. on my show and talk about it sometime. Sure. Here you go. Oh, yeah, the thing I was most surprised by was the Catholic thing. <laughs> right. Well, here's, I'll throw you another quick little bone because I have a, a captive audience that's stuck on this live podcast. But real quick, I'll just tell you that. Um, so my middle name is Ronald. Um, I was named after the priest from the church that my mother and father went to. His name was Ronald. So he baptized me. And then they were all really tight, good friends and everything. And they named me after him. And that was the thing. Well, four years later, my parents got divorced. Um, and then uh, about two years after that, Ronald left the priesthood and married my mother. And so my my, my stepfather to this day, I'm named after, and he baptized me, and he left the priesthood to marry my mom, and gave up <laughs> gave up his whole life to marry my mom, right? In this whole weird way. So, uh, how weird is that? And we were the people that were going to, you know, hang out with uh, uh, these these 
uh, Lakota, my mom's done like on bleachers and stuff, you know, she's like gone on the mountain, like legit. This is not like white people impersonating native ritual. This is like getting put through even the further ringer of a test because you, you dare to be there and you better watch your step and you are going to deal with prejudice and you are going to, you know, you better have some advocacy. And my mom was like one of the first women that they, uh, that they uh, taught to to pour a lodge, right? So like it's kind of this whole intense thing, but uh, but anyway, but my mother and my and my stepfather, uh, I've got I've got family pictures of them all three like hanging out. It's so weird, right? It's like oh my gosh, that's so cool. Life is mysterious. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, it's nice to share that, that anecdote with you. But, uh, <laughs> I suppose we should get this, this show on the road. Hey, um, so uh, thanks everybody for listening and thanks for supporting us. And uh, yeah, the 100 episode last week was was amazing. And this is a great start to the next 100. I really appreciate uh, uh, your time, guys. And, and I'm super excited about your project. And we'll make sure that everything is linked in all the descriptions for everything to go out. So if really, really quick before we go away, like tell us when when will the show open? How long will it yeah, yeah. run? What is it going to be? Yeah. yeah, it opens September 10th and it'll okay. close September 24th. So cool. you'll have two weeks. Nice. And again, it's appointment only. Um, all the scheduling info, ticketing info will be released September 1st okay. and, and get dibs on your tickets then. But if you donate to the Indiegogo, we're going to give those people first dibs on getting an appointment. So. Okay, that's great. And Brian, we'll make sure the Indiegogo is on the links and all that. Is that how we're going to do it? Yeah, that'll be probably just the main thing because ultimately every other resource would sort of be able to be bounced from there, right? We right. want to get people to where they can press buttons and take action. So, And where do we find you guys? If people want to follow y'all on Twitter and Insta and all that stuff, where do they find you at? I think we're mostly primarily on Instagram. I'm at Carrie Lee Ames. K-A-R-I-L-E-I-G-H-A-M-E-S. Yes, yes. Look at that. Now, <laughs> Baby, you, spe- <laughs> you spell BB foo foo. Spelled like it doesn't there. Uh, B B F O U F O U. Okay, just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's awesome. Well, I super appreciate you guys taking the time to come on and tell us about it. And it's great that we actually have enough time where people can digest all this and then and then do something about it and get their reservation uh, if you're in town. If there's people that are out of town, right? Because we have most of our audience really is not in Nashville. Um, but they want to sort of be a part of this or support it. I mean, ultimately they can still donate to it. Um, and I suppose you have some sort of reward set up for people that cannot be present. That'll be meaningful in some way that are based upon the elements I believe I saw. So. Yep. Yep. We've got some tokens. Um, so even if you're an out of town donor, you'll get some uh, little special thanks from us in the mail. And then afterwards, like I said, we'll have some video content and just like weird videos and things we're going to release. So you'll be able to live it through the still. Yeah, yeah. Experience. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Very cool. Joe, you got anything you want to plug? I just think I don't have anything I want to plug for myself, but I just wanted to like tell you guys, I just think it's, it's really cool. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, I just, you know, I, I'm, you know, thinking through really this week, I think I was just getting into some interesting ideas about how, how, like, you can take, you know, art, visual arts, especially um, into the virtual realm, like, even further than most people are doing right now. And, and once you get into that space, it starts to be it starts to be purposeful, and it starts to make sense. It doesn't feel like it's just a like a, a dumbing down cheap replication of something you should be doing in person. Yeah. Um, but you guys like actually trying to figure out a way to 
to again, like to, to, you know, the whole world is zigging and you guys are zagging. Right. And I think that's, I always love it when somebody's like, no, no, no. What if we do exactly not what everybody says we should do right now? Is there a way to do that? And I really think that what you guys are doing, I mean, you know, I'm somebody who's been, I've been quarantined like a motherfucker for months now. And I, and I, I'm very thinking about everything I might do. It's like, is that worth it? And if it is worth it, how do I do it and make it safe and da da da. But like what you guys are doing essentially is, you know, having very few people, people who are obviously probably, you know, already together in their quarantine lives anyway, you know, going through this space, you know, in pairs, cleaning stuff in between. We we know, you know, from what we've learned over these last few months that, you know, the people touching things and things isn't as big of a deal as people all being together, you know, spitting microscopic stuff in each other's faces. Unfortunately, yeah. I wish we could do that again. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so I, I feel like what you guys are proposing really is a cool way to say we really can be out in the world together. We really can enjoy art together. We just can't do it all at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, not to throw a quote out there, but I'm a huge Iggy Pop fan. And one, uh, I saw an interview and it was like, someone asked him like what it meant or how he got to be where he was. And he was saying that he had a vision and it wasn't traditional. He didn't know anything about music, but he just really had this vision. And he said, and in that space and the in-between space, there's so many interesting magical things that happen and that are just so like, I don't know, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it and figure it out. And mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's amazing. Cause you can't, sometimes you can't think of it all right then and there. And it can be interesting, mm -hmm. but just going for it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think quarantine has definitely created some freedom and some room for people to, just kind of go back within themselves, worry a little less about the outer elements, the outer, uh, outer, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Factors or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And just sort of do things that are more their passion projects, things mm -hmm. like that. So I think that we're lucky that we're kind of getting to do something I think we've both wanted to do for a while. And we're just taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. So cool. It's so cool, though, just to, to, you know, to know, to know what you're about on some level, I think is a real gift because when, when the veil has to drop like this and everything is just kind of what it is. It, I feel really grateful. You know, like I said, I feel like there's a lot of people that are struggling mm -hmm. uh, where they just can't really put one foot in front of the other. And they feel like they're in sort of a perpetual state of, uh, you know, kind of a disconnect or, or you know, whatever. Whereas I'm, I'm like getting up at five in the morning and scrambling until late at night because I'm just like, I feel like I'm taking advantage of this weird intermission of existence or something. And I, 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 I'm on fire right with all this shit. And so I can't, understand how some people are you know uh not able to put it together for themselves but i also understand that everybody's different and weighed down with a lot of other factors or it's just massively more affected in a direct way that we're just really yeah. fortunate to not be so i, I just want to make sure that those people you know have some uh you know it's kind of like even if you feel like you're not really fully together and not able to get one foot in front of the other to have some momentum towards a project or you're challenging yourself on everything you've ever done and why I've even done this or whatever. That's mm -hmm. all still progress, man. Like deconstruction is progress. Questioning everything okay. is progress. Like don't, it's hard to like, it's, I feel like a dick sometimes because it's sort of like almost like trying to tell a, a person with anxiety to calm down. It seems so, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, right. You know, uh, 
but you know, I appreciate that there's deeper running things, but I do feel for the, for those that, you know, are, are struggling, but I think that, uh, there is, there is a lot of hope, even though, um, uh, you know, in Nashville, people are giving each other COVID at the wings mural, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever, man, but uh, that's my news. I'm going to write a song about that. Brian. COVID yeah. at the wings mural. COVID at the wings mural. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've seen it in my own life. There are people. Hot chicken are- virus. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to discover that hot chicken cures the virus, by the way, but you heard it here first. Hey, she was about to say something very empathetic. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hot chicken and marijuana. That's the secret to saving COVID. What did you say? What is it? Marijuana? Chicken and marijuana. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But no, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I did definitely have seen some people being pretty listless or just kind of deconstructing, like you said, trying to figure out what they even are about, what their passions are. And I think that I'm hoping people maybe will take inspiration from the Mercury chamber and I don't know, take something. Yeah. And you guys were talking about too, at the beginning of this, of the curiosity, your curiosities of things. I mean, you know, people, you know, that can't put one, foot in front of the other I think that there's a lot of intimidation before they even start like okay this isn't gonna work but it's like it could be as simple as like I want to know where the color green comes from okay I'm gonna look that up and it's like finding fulfillment and just like things you're thinking about like whatever yeah even in the simplest terms it doesn't mean you have to know like what your next big project is gonna be right like everything's just sort of a step a step towards that and I will say like uh, you know I I have uh, notes right behind me, actually, in a book of like where I the first time I'd ever gone to the Rothko Chapel, I wrote down what I was thinking and perceiving. And I was in a a pretty intense time in life or whatever and all that. And I was very like traveling by myself. It was awesome. Uh, And I wrote all that down. And it was just a matter of maybe five, uh, six years later, you know, I'm I'm doing a site specific composition inside this place for their 40th anniversary. And it's like my, my greatest dream in life to do this thing. So I was coming from a place of like, you know, uh, you know, divorce, dad just died, you know, like all this awful shit, you know, and, uh, and within a matter of, you know, it took years. Right. But I mean that it might be that somebody comes to the chamber and, and they become some sort of a enlivened and important, collaborator of yours maybe even in a few years or something right so i think that it's a vortex ultimately of sort of opportunity and and fertility and uh, you know so I, I think that uh, uh don't use me for your marketing because i don't explain it very well but it sounds fucking awesome yeah we're gonna give birth give birth to that new disco era Yeah, I was going to say that I was pleased this punch when Joe Nolan in our email said that he likened it to if Kenneth Anger made Meow Wolf because hey, that's pretty good. (laughs) That's exactly what we're going. Yeah, yeah, I think that sums it up pretty damn well. Joe, you do have a a way. Joe, you have the show, y'all. Yeah, (laughs) you have a way of like summing things up. It's uh, it's 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 profound, man. I'm always honored to be around it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. In one ear, out the other. Is that what you're saying, Mercury? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but it's good in between, baby. It's real good in between. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, so we're going to, we're going to cut out of here. We're going to say goodbye to everybody and then we'll hang on with you guys for a minute in the sort of virtual green room after where we'll have, uh, we have a lot of booze laid out for you guys and everything else. So, uh, uh, so just hang loose, but everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Joe Nolan, thank you all the time. Uh, thank you. thanks for bringing your guys. We, uh, you yeah. We've been trying to hook this up for a while, Carrie. So I'm glad we got to actually do it. Me too. Yes. All right. And if you're listening, man, take action to follow th- these, these humans that are doing special things and support it. All right. Uh, money. All right. I'm going to press, press the button that cuts this thing off of the internet and then we can do some real talk. All right. See you guys later. Hey guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone